I couldn't be religious and gay. It was impossible. I was being marketed as some sort of like teenage it girl. When a girl kissed me on my 18th birthday, a whole other world opened up to me. I was a minor nuisance. Eight Australians will tell you about the choices that have led them to unexpected places. These are some of the stories you will hear on Let Me Tell You, a podcast where real people tell incredible real stories. Look for Let Me Tell You and follow wherever you get your podcasts. Miss Elizabeth Moss had taught me how to smoke the fake cigarettes already, and this little wife, she's just standing there in her dress, standing on a hay bale. You know, she's jumping up and down the hay bale, like kicking hay and smoking a cigarette. You don't own me, I'm not your property, so take a shifty little bitty eye over me. It's wild. I, I never would have thought in a million years. Welcome to Eyes on Gilead, our podcast dedicated to The Handmaid's Tale. There is a lot going on in this show, and we think it helps to talk it out, even when there are no more episodes of the show, (laughs) for a little while until they make some more episodes for us. I'm Fiona Williams, and I manage our online coverage of movies and TV here at SBS, and I'm joined by my friends, colleagues, and fellow resistors, Natalie Hambly, Managing Editor of SBS Voices. Hello. Heidi Island, Channel Manager of SBS On Demand. Hello. And Sana Kadar. Host of All in the Mind for ABC Radio National. Hi, hi. <laughs> Hello. We're back for another bonus episode of this mini series of conversations with Emmy nominees. Because as we know, Handmaid's Tale landed a record number of Emmy nominations for the series going into the Emmy Awards, which will be upon us very soon. So we've had just the best time having a chat with some of the show's outstanding nominees. And look, today is no exception. I don't know if you noticed, there was a character introduced this year who she made quite an impression when she came onto the scene in episode one of season four. Um, Little Esther, little Esther Keys, (laughs) Um, what a debut. We're very pleased to have uh, joining us in our Zoom room today, McKenna Grace, who plays Esther Keys, and she is nominated and a hot favourite in the category of Outstanding Guest Actress in a Drama Series. And she's the youngest nominee ever to be in that category, and it follows that if she wins, <laughs> she'll be the youngest winner. Yeah, and, and rightly so because, my God, what a debut she had this season, huh? Mm-hmm. Such a great performance. I was so impressed when I found out that she was um, only 14. Yeah. Absolutely impressive. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we all know how her character arc <laughs> ended up. <laughs> um, but, you know, on the bright side, that means guaranteed to see her again in season five so she didn't meet a grizzly exit (laughs) (laughs) so look we've got a lot of questions let's welcome mckenna grace into our zoom room hello hi hi hello thank you so much for joining us what a treat to talk to esther keys Look, well, I mean, congratulations on your Emmy nomination. That's so <laughs> exciting. <laughs> um, and what a what a story, what a character arc for Esther Keys. I mean, so much going on this season and what a memorable debut you've had. You know, the world of Gilead is grim and poor Esther, you know, she embodies the worst aspects of it really. But to state the obvious, you know, you're, you're, you're the age of the character <laughs> you're playing. How do you get in the headspace to to tackle that, those kind of really dark themes from the point of view of Esther? 
Well, I mean, that was kind of important for me that I was the that that they actually hired someone the age of the character to play um, Esther, because as as much as that upset some people, it's like, oh, my God, she's 14. Well, at the time she was I was like, I think I booked it whenever I was 13. So it was like over the course of 13, 14 area it was like, oh, she's so young. She should not be dealing with this mature subject matter, rawr, you know, but. In reality, I feel like um, 13, 14-year-olds, the young girls who are actually going through that as their life shouldn't be having to go through it. So why does it matter if I, as a storyteller, am acting to spread awareness? So that was really important for me, and I felt honored that they that they chose me um, to play Esther. I mean, I think that just viewing it from that, um, from that, like, standpoint that was kind of what helped me get into the mode to um tackle it all because i mean it's a reality for so many young girls new york just passed the law that that child marriage is illegal that you have to be Mm. 18 they just did it like 44 states around there allow child marriage it's it's Mm. that is a reality for so many young girls that i just i don't think that it matters that i'm the actual age of the character so that was really important can you tell us about the audition process? Was there a particular scene that you ran through and what was that process like? Um, yeah, I, I actually, the audition process, I, I, I had a session where Mr. Bruce Miller was in the room and that was big nerve wracking for me because, <laughs> um, I don't know, you know, it's, 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 it's Bruce. <laughs> so going into the audition, I was so nervous. And my scene was actually the scene that I played out with Miss Lizzie Moss, where I'm giving her my entire backstory of all the trauma that Esther's been through. So oh, that wow. was that was hard, though. I had a lot of time to sit with that scene, um, which I think was good. But, you know, it was uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable to do, you know, in an audition space, in a small room, you know, with a camera and a, and a, and a few people. It, it was uncomfortable, but I think that something just, like, clicked in my head. I just kind of made a decision. I was like, you know what? I... I'm not going to let myself like psych myself out because this is an uncomfortable scene. I feel like that should give me some sort of like power over the scene, not like make me uncomfortable and like shrink and mess up my audition. It's an important story. And I I feel like as an actress, that's kind of the stories that I want to be able to tell. So I shouldn't let them make me uncomfortable. I should be uncomfortable for the girls who actually have to go through it. Mm, Great. When we first meet Esther, it's in the episode Pigs. And we see her reaction to meeting the famous and heroic June Osborne. And that's, it's fascinating, you know, best described as hero worship possibly. And I wonder just what do you put that down to? Why does Esther's character have such a strong reaction to June? Well, I think, you know, she's so young going through all of this and she's been in Gilead for how many years now? You know, it's, it, that's been pretty much her whole life. But I feel like, you know, she still almost remembers what it was like before. Even though that's been her entire life, she she knows that it's wrong and she knows that she shouldn't be violated and feel this small. That's been her entire life. So I think that she's seen June and seen all of the good that she's done for the women of Gilead and how how June has taken power of her life and gone out there and she's she started this noise and and Esther's heard it you know and that's that's been like her fixation is is I think that that's kind of her her maybe coping is like June you know the rebellion they're gonna come and get me they're gonna like I I'm gonna make it out of here I think I think that that is a big part of why she was so excited to meet June because you know 
June's getting out. She, she's making noise. <laughs> um, one of the great things about your character was that she's both incredibly vulnerable, but also she has this sort of diabolical edge to her as well, where you never quite know how dangerous she is, I, I guess I would say. Um, what was the challenge of um, playing those two extremes? Uh, well, I mean, it was challenging trying to juggle all of Esther's different emotions because she's so complex. There is a whole storm of stuff going on underneath the skin. Because, I mean, it's one thing to be an emotional young woman, but then to add all of those traumas and the reality of growing up in Gilead into it. Mm. So, um, I mean, mm. it was complicated, but... It was it was also fun in a way, you know, to try and figure all of this out with with my directors or, or with Miss Lizzie, uh, which was quite lovely having her as a director. I mean, Esther is just so complicated. All of her all of her emotions, she just shifts so quickly. So I mean, honestly, I'm still trying to figure out figure figure her out uh, <laughs> yeah. after my episodes. I, I've been trying my very best with balancing all of her emotions. Yeah, sure. This season was famously suspended because of COVID. I'm wondering how much did you get to shoot before you had to stop and, you know, everyone went on hiatus? Well, that's a funny question because <laughs> that hiatus was so long. I am yeah. so thankful that I did, like, not just sprout up during that time. <laughs> Goodness. Being a child actor is scary, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but... How much did we shoot before then? Maybe, how, yeah, we we shot quite a bit. How long? Oh my gosh, that was a big point. Was that um, whenever we were first shooting it, we shot a good considerable amount, and it was snowing. It was like when, mm. and then we came back. It was like six months later. Yeah, sorry, I'm looking to my mom because I'm like, when did we? Like, <laughs> how long was it? Um, but like we were there and it was snowing and then in the yeah. scenes and that was a point. Like I remember like I had the scene where I had an umbrella. I think that that's pro that might be still in there, but I, but it was snowing and, and the farm is like covered in snow. Uh, <laughs> and then we get there and it's like a total like change. Uh, <laughs> it's all of a sudden like summery ish. We have, yeah, we did have to reshoot all of the outside scenes because of the snow and, um, I appreciate that we got to go back and um, redo some of our scenes, though, because six months is a long time and it's not like a huge revelation, but I, I kind of like set, had a lot of time to sit with the character. And I think that the writers had a lot of time to sit with my scenes. So so we kind of fleshed out, got to flesh out Esther a lot more over those six months, which I thought was quite yeah. nice. But <laughs> I mean... It's not preferred to spend six months apart in shooting, but yeah. it, it was it was all right, you know. Were you able to get through sort of the first couple of episodes before things went on break, or were you sort of in the middle of an episode when when everything stopped? Do you remember? Like we probably shot for two weeks. Wow. Not like it, it felt like we got through a considerable amount of scenes, but did we even You're finish? Ready to do this scene with Lizzie. Remember? Oh, and I guess was I was so getting, was I get, oh, really? So, so the scene, I'm sorry. I'm like looking at my mom because I, I have a whole <laughs> right. memory of like things like this, but, um, I guess the very next day after we had gotten shut down was supposed to be my scene that I had auditioned with. It was my story. And, mm -hmm. and I was just, 
I was I was excited because I'd been sitting with that for a while and I was like I I'm really excited to get get her story out there and and be able to play Esther and and raise awareness and I and I was really excited to be able to portray that scene uh because I had been I don't know I just sat with it for a while and then uh <laughs> we went on to set and we had a a meeting and they were like well we're gonna every other production's like getting shut down and I think that we're gonna shut down and I was like because the week before I had just made a PowerPoint on how COVID was going to be like the common cold and how it was not going to affect us. Because my mom was freaking out. She was like, this is going to be scary. And I was like, oh, please, this is going to be fine. I went back through my diary of early COVID and it said, my mom says that COVID can spread through the air and we need to wear masks. Okay. <laughs> Mom knows best. Gosh. Uh, yeah, you told me so. She called that. That's for sure. Um, it's funny you mentioned the growth spurt risk because you know you do look a lot older in the later scenes. Certainly when you're the handmaid. <laughs> that's a, yeah. Um, at the end of your nominated episode, Pigs, you know Esther is strongly encouraged by June to go to town on that uh, on that evil guardian. Um, it's a lot. Um, can you talk us through filming that scene? And I mean, as well, I should say, we, we spoke to Burton LeBlanc, head of the makeup department, who was very funny in saying how much he loves to work with blood. <laughs> like he just loves putting more blood on. Um, as the recipient of the blood, you know, you're wearing a lot of it. Um, tell us from your side of, <laughs> your yeah, side I of mean, it. I was standing, they, they had me like standing on a tarp and they, they, uh, like were spraying me with this little like spray thing. And, and, oh, this was so odd. They, they gave me like a rag soaked in the fake blood and they went, we want you to like pretend to stab with all of the full force. That way we get the splatters back on you. Like as if you had actually stabbed someone. And I was like, whatever you say. And so I was just like going to town then and I was like, good and they're like no keep going and so uh it was just blood everywhere it was wild hard to <laughs> clean out of my nail beds but it was an interesting scene to shoot you know uh going in there I've never done anything like that before <laughs> Handmaids has a you know a really dedicated fan base and I wonder if you've paid attention to the kind of fan reactions to your character I mean it's crazy I think that some people have you know, reacted more to the sight of Esther smoking than to, you know, witnessing her tearing someone to shreds. <laughs> What's your take on that? So I don't read a ton. I try not to read like uh, a ton of like reviews or, or like reactions or anything. Cause I'm like, I was told that like, if you read like the good reviews and the good comments that you're going to have to read and believe the bad ones too. <laughs> so like, I just, I choose not to like read a ton, but I've been, I've been excited that people are um, receiving my character. Well, that that's been a big plus for me. I've been very happy. I mean, the smoking, I definitely, I, I remember they were going to cut it out of, uh, I think it was the scene where I'm standing on the hay bale and then I run down and I'm like, June, you're here. I think that we're going to cut the cigarette out of that, but Miss Elizabeth Moss had taught me how to smoke the fake cigarettes already. And that's like, I was taught um, how to smoke a cigarette by Elizabeth Moss. So that's exciting. (laughs) um, I I don't know. It just, it felt like such an interesting part of the character because you see this little, this little wife, she's just standing there in her dress, standing on a hay bale, you know, she's jumping up and down the hay bale, like kicking hay and smoking Mm. a cigarette, like the, like this (laughs) young woman, you know? And, And I think that it's really 
interesting to see that switch. Oh, there's a spider here. But <laughs> that, 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 it's a baby one. Just let it be. It's tiny. Where is it? It's here. Just let it live. Just let it live. But, um, <laughs> sorry, it's a baby. Um, but just to see those two different sides of Esther, because I think that it's definitely jarring whenever you see uh, her at first with her cigarette. And she's like, oh, June, you know, I thought that that was important. So I remember before the scene, I was sitting in my trailer and I sent Lizzie and Bruce an email. And I was like, I think that I'd really like to try it with a cigarette. And if we don't like it, then we can cut it out. But I'd love to at least try like a take or two. And then it ended up being in it. <laughs> So, yeah. I guess the, fa- the fact that people reacted strongly to it means that the effect you intended, you know, yeah. came across. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's a shocker. I mean, but then again, Esther is a whole thing to unwrap. She's just a shocker in herself. <laughs> well, it sort of leads into um, our next question, which is working with Lizzie Moss, because one of the great things about Esther is that she has so many scenes with June. Um, mm. So like, I'd love to hear more. What was it like working with Lizzie? What did you learn from her? Can you talk a bit about that experience? Well, she's one of the most incredible actresses I've ever worked with. She is so professional, but she's she's so friendly and, and kind and nice on set. But she, just scooting back so the spider doesn't get me, but she, she can just totally switch. Like one minute she'll be talking and laughing with you and then the next she'll do like her, she'll be in the scene doing her serious, you know, her June face, the, the classic, yeah. yeah, like that. Uh, or she'll just like switch right into crying or it's just, it's incredible to watch. And everything that she says in the scene is so realistic. I could rant for hours about how much I, I love her and respect her as an actress. I think that she is just magnificent and, and getting to work with her as a director as well. That meant so much to me as something that I just realized because I'm taking a women in, in cinema course right now for college. And mm-hmm. I, I watched this documentary called This Changes Everything. I realized in the 10 years that I've been acting and over the 50 projects that I've done, I've only worked with a women director about three times, yeah. maybe four. Wow. It's not common. I've not worked with a lot of women directors at all in the 10 years of my Mm -hmm. acting career. So getting to work with someone like Lizzie was so inspiring. I think that she, uh, she is just such an incredible woman. So powerful. I love her. Wow. Only three directors in 10 years. That's, that's incredible. And I guess Yeah. And like you, though, she was, you know, she's been acting from a young age. Were you guys able to connect on that as well? And the fact that you've both been child actors? Um, We didn't talk about it a lot. I I don't Mm. think that I realized that she was a child actor Mm. as well. (laughs) I was watching a movie and I was like, (laughs) no, (laughs) that's Lizzie. It was it was really funny. I think that it was um, Girl Interrupted. (laughs) And I was like, You're kidding. (laughs) But I never knew. I think that it's uh, really cool for me to be able to work with uh, people who have been child actors before. But I I think that I never know that they're a child actor at the time until I go home. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's so and so. Why didn't I ask them what it was like for them? Because I I don't know. I think that it's always cool to to hear what other people's experiences were like, especially um, with adults who worked in the industry, you know, such and such years ago, what it was like then. 
Well, yeah. you're back next season, so maybe you can still ask. <laughs> yes, <Yeah. Cool. laughs> I'd love to talk about Janine for a minute. Absolutely. So obviously at the end of the season, a little bit of a relationship builds between Esther and Janine. And I'd love to hear you describe how you, how you see that kind of evolution happen across the season and where it might be going. Well, I thought that it was so fun that she, in the farmhouse, you know, she was like, we don't waste food in my household and had that whole scene yeah. uh, where she was covering Janine's mouth, you know, and she was, she was pretty horrible to Janine at first. And, and then it kind of flipped to where Janine was, you know, the one who had the, the upper hand. Mm-hmm. And instead of mm-hmm. fighting fire with fire, she, she came back and she was like, you know, like, you've got to eat, you've got to get through this because she, she was scared for what would happen to Esther if she didn't. Although Esther was pretty, pretty bad to her. And, and I, I, I love Janine and I, and I love Miss Madeline as an actress. I think that she's wonderful. So, so it was really lovely getting to, um, work on Janine and Esther's relationship with her and getting to have so many scenes with her. I I have no idea where it is going to go because I feel like Esther is so unpredictable as mm-hmm. a character mm-hmm. and I have no idea what's going to happen next season. I have I don't have any ideas and I mm-hmm. I'm excited to see how Janine and Esther develop as as a duo. Because I feel like now Janine is kind of the June and, and now Esther is kind of the Janine, you know, it's it's kind of the duo uh, has has kind of switched. And I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I'm just on the edge of my seat as much as everyone else is. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about being like finding out that you um, have an Emmy nomination. That is amazing. Well, how did you how did you how did you find out? Whereabouts were you? How did you react? I was sitting in my I was sitting in the trailer watching the the Emmy nomination like announcements with my mom and I was doing my friends art homework. <laughs> my friend with their art homework. I wasn't doing it, but I was I was sitting there and I was like sketching something out for them that I was gonna send over and be like, hey, this is like what you need to do. I was helping my friend with their art homework. I was drawing for my friend and then um right as it before it got to my category, like uh, it cut out on my phone. I was like, ah, Dad gum. Oh, it's fine. It's not like anything anyway, because I didn't see it coming at all. And then like two minutes later, my dad called us and he was he was like on his way to work and then he was crying and and my mom went, Why are you crying? (laughs) What's going on? Shut up. You're kidding. No. And he and and we were like, You must have read it wrong. That's not like that didn't (laughs) happen. I I think that I have the whole interaction on video, but we were like, that didn't that's not no and he was like <laughs> yes and then and then I, we, we both just started crying because that's just I've always wanted to be like invited to the Emmys or something or, or get to go or get to wear a nice dress and and and, and sit in the audience you know that's a, that's yeah. a dream of mine was always to get to go to one of those award shows much less to be nominated I am honored because that has just been a dream of mine for as long as I can remember. And, and I always hoped to be able to go to the Emmy someday. And I, and I never thought it would be this soon in my career. And I am truly honored that I got to be a part of Handmaids and that I got to be able to join on such an incredible television show because I know that I, I get to go to the Emmys with them because of how well my cast members have done before me. And I'm just... I can't believe that I get to be a part of it. <laughs> it's amazing. And 
Is it true that that if you win, you you will be the the youngest I, recipient in the category? Is that is that correct? I, I think I mean right now I'm the youngest person ever nominated for that category, which so, is yes. insane to me. That's that's incredible. Like, I'm so happy, and I it's wild. I I never would have thought in a million years that I would be going to the Emmys this year, and I genuinely am just. So thankful. I'm like, ah, somebody pinch me. Wait, don't. I don't want to wake up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's worth a massive congratulations, even at this point. So congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Last year, the Emmys, I was sitting on um, the floor. We had a TV on the floor, actually. Um, we were like a little house um, with our director and his family and then uh, Maddie and me and Maddie were were sitting on the floor watching the Emmys on a TV last year and then it's really funny because now both of us get to go together this year and it's it's, it's exactly a year apart and I don't think that either of us expected it. (laughs) It's fantastic and you know we have to acknowledge of course you know you're about to be in what's shaping up to be the movie of the holiday season in the Ghostbusters film, Ghostbusters Afterlife, um, which I think you shot a little while ago, didn't you? It's um, you look very young. <laughs> Speaking of growth spurts, um, what's it like to finally have that on the you know on the verge of coming out into the world for people to see it? I'm so ready. I'm so ready. And, and, and people, I, I haven't even seen the film yet. I haven't seen the yeah. film yet, and I am. Ooh, I'm so ready for it to come out. It was supposed to come out, you know, summer 2020. Then it was gonna be sometime later in 2020. It's it's mm. it's it's August of 2021. <laughs> I've been waiting so long for it to come out because I had the most fun shooting it. And Ghostbusters has always been one of my like childhood favorites. I used to like carry around yeah. like, a plastic Slimer toy with me whenever I was little, and I, it's always <laughs> been one of my favorite films. So to get to be a part of the franchise was a really big deal for me. And I, I still feel really thankful that I was able to, but I'm just so ready for the world to see it. I'm so ready for it to come out. I, I genuinely, I cannot wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there's, there's a hungry appetite for it for sure. Yeah. I mean, movies, it's great to have movies again, you know, <laughs> if, if, where cinemas are open as well. My gosh, I, I was shooting something in Louisiana over like uh this summer and we were staying in an apartment like right above a cinema and me and the other kids it was with other kids and we'd walk down we were all in the same apartment complex and we'd walk to the theater every single day and if we didn't we would watch a movie sometimes but it was just so nice to be inside a cinema we'd go in and I'd make them take like photos on the photo strips with me and then we'd buy ICs and candy and leave or we'd go in and we'd watch like uh we'd watch movies and it was just so cool to be able to be in a theater again I Mm. love it I Mm -hmm. missed it so much I Mm. I didn't realize how much I missed being in a movie theater until I was watching movies in the theater and I was like oh this is so much better than like oh Mm -hmm. I just love it (laughs) yeah same I miss popcorn (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) um look Thank you so much. It is such a thrill to talk to you. We've loved your work across this season. Can't wait to see more. Yeah, we're starved of episodes, but can't wait till you all get back together and, um, yeah, come for what I'm sure is going to be an amazing season five. McKenna Grace, thank you so much. um, This has been fantastic. It's been wonderful. Thank you. And good luck. Best of luck. Yes, good luck. Thank you guys so much. This was lovely. Y'all are all wonderful. 
Well, she could not have been more fun. Yeah. Um, that was fantastic. How fun to yeah. be able to do that from such a young age. That's so cool. She's so lucky, I think, in that, um, as she was saying, it's so male dominated, you know, in front of the camera and behind the camera. But in this experience, she's had so many scenes with women, you know, which yes. is, yeah. and then also had Lizzie directing. Like, that's what a great experience. Yeah. Well, you know, there's consciously that gender balance across the directing of, mm. of Handmaids and, and involvement in the story. So, yeah. Imagine having 50 credits to your name when you're only 15 and have been acting for 10 years. That's just incredible. Yeah. With McKenna Grace, the, you know, esteemed Esther Keys, I think that brings to an end our bonus episode run of Conversations with Emmy nominees. It do. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got to do it with Emmy winners. Yeah, well, we'll find more reasons <laughs> yeah. to come back. Um, and, you know, maybe Margaret Atwood's writing a book in lockdown. Who knows? <laughs> no, I'm not breaking news there. I have no idea. Um, look, we'll find a reason to to regroup. Yeah, these have been so good. And, and you know, looking at tweets, People have been loving them too, just these deep dives as we all know how much everyone loves and we love. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. I've just had a ball and it's great that other people enjoy it too, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, so much so much hard work goes into this show. It's been amazing just to find out from like from the costumes to makeup to sound, like all of it. It's just been, um, there's just so much to go into. So, yes, let's, let's do 10 more. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And going forward, I'm going to appreciate so much more about any new episodes that I watch because I've just got gained such a better understanding of, of um, everything that goes into it. Yeah, totally. So thank you for listening. We hope these episodes have helped expand your appreciation of season four of The Handmaid's Tale. And look, if they've inspired you to go and rewatch the season, you can do so at SBS On Demand where the box set of season four is streaming. And if you speak other languages or know someone who does, SBS On Demand has subtitled versions in simplified Chinese and in Arabic. And I just want to thank my co-hosts for these bonus episodes and just for any excuse to get back together, but especially to talk handmaids. Thank you, Haiti Island, Sana Kadar and Natalie Handley. Um, and thank you for listening. We love that you choose to watch this series along with us and we'd love to know what you think of these bonus episodes. You can reach out to us on Twitter. You can find me at anything but Fifi. Haiti, where can we find you? At Haiti Island. Sana, where can we find you? At Sana underscore Kadar. And Natalie, where can we find you? At Natalie Hambly. And remember to use the hashtag EyesOnKiliad. That's how we see your tweets. Um, and while we have you, why not leave some feedback and give us a rating on your favourite podcast app? It helps other people to find the show. Eyes on Gilead is produced by me, Fiona Williams, and edited and mixed by Jeremy Wilmot. Until next time, whenever that may be, don't let the bastards grind you down. You don't own me. I'm not your property. So take your dirty buildings, thinking that of me. It's a baby one. Just let it be. It's tiny. Where is it? It's here. Just let it live.